We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's for the Culture Friday. Uh, a lot has been going on. A lot of buzz around Minister Society, who's approaching an anniversary from first premiering at theaters. Uh, the Hughes brothers are very much connected to the Dear Mama series, highlighting Tupac, which I believe the final two episodes are going to be released here um, but I, I think next weekend, because I think a lot of shows took the weekend off because they didn't want to compete with Mother's Day. Because mm. I know Power pushed their episode to next week. Some of the other shows did as well. I have some interesting questions left. Three questions about three iconic movies. Minister Society, Ronnie played by Jada Pinkett Smith. She had a young son. Now, she ended up in a relationship with Kane, who was the protege to the father of a child, Pernell, that was in jail. We saw our little son playing with Kane hold a gun. We saw her throw multiple parties, wild parties at the crib while her son was there. We saw her and Kane get busy doing one of the parties. As much as people want to look at that character and what she tried to do for Kane and getting out of the hood, was Ronnie a bad mother in Minister Society? On what standard, I guess? Because if it's about the end of the road, then technically no. Okay. Because if we just count the, what's the result of all those things and decisions made and how it impacted it, mm-hmm. if the result is positive, then I guess it's just a part of why everybody has a different story. Was Kane wrong for getting with Ronnie, knowing that that was his mentor's 
You know. <laughs> this was this was this tricky love. I don't. That proximity thing is crazy. You know. Uh, in the world, it's why all the rappers date the same girls. Athletes date the same girls. It's just the proximity thing. Uh, but Matt, like, no, there's no way in the world things like Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher situations happen. There's just no way. Because for them to be who they are and as much value as they have separately, to be mixing situations like that is crazy. Because there's too many in the world mm-hmm. to be mixed up with your your former teammate. Mm. That's about as crazy as how they say uh, those fighter jet fi- uh, pilots, how they swap wives all the time. Really? I have not dug into this. Yes. They said it's like, you know how the military always says it's, it's a little grimy. But they right. said the, 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 fighter jet, the fighter pilots are the biggest wife swappers with each other. Word, yeah, and it's a but it's a psychological reason. It's like because they are always on the cusp of potentially dying. That psychologically, they like I would want somebody else to love my wife if I don't make it back. Type thing. So that's why they all trade wives with each other. So if me and you were fighter jets. And I'm subconsciously knowing I can probably die anytime I get in this thing. I'm without really thinking about it, like, yeah, you can have my wife for a week or something or whatever, because if I die, I would want my wife to have somebody that loves her as I move on. It's the crazy shit they expect. I don't think it's true necessarily. So it's it's quite similar. Uh, True story. One of my good friends, and he won't care. One of my good friends is a believer in poly. He's polyamorous. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. Polyamorous, right? And he and his significant other have made the decision to operate as such. (laughs) Now here's now here's the kicker. On the weekends they swap, which means the dude comes to his house. And he in turn goes to this girl's house. He talks to the dude that's smashing his girl every day. Like they're cool. <laughs> and this is where I told him, <clears throat> this is where I draw the line, bro. If that's what you want to do, and you want to date other people, fine. I don't need to talk to you. Why do you need to talk to? Why do you need to talk to me? Why do we need? Why to we got to be friends for real? Right. Like, I it look the the psyche of all of this stuff is amazing to me, and that, my friend, is something that I never thought I would hear. Yeah, it happens all the time. Like it's like a common, like it's really a common thing. Like they just wow. Don't, they just don't talk about it because it's one, that's the usual thing. And two, it's like nobody's ever interested in a fighter jet's personal life, but that's how they operate. You know, they they probably around each other all the time anyway. Yeah, man, that look, 
That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Last but not least, so you give Ronnie a pass as a parent. You didn't think Kane was bogus. But in the moment of it all happening, of course you're a bad parent. Of course it's bogus. It's just like, are we judging by the end of the movie or are we judging by the how we're going through it? Yeah. So, as we close out our conversation about Minister Society, just some interesting questions. This is the last one. Do you think the movie would have been better if Tupac would have played the role of Stacy? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think uh, I think Tupac should have had more movies. I'll tell you that. Well, you know the famous story about how he ended up being part of the reason they got the movie greenlit. And then, uh, not Stacy, I'm sorry, Sharif. He was supposed to be the uh, Muslim brother, Sharif. Oh. And he wanted to change some things. He didn't want to really play that role. He, I think he wanted to play the Kane role. He had worked with the Hughes brothers before. They fired him eventually and you know, he came down to the set, beat up one of the brothers while the other brother got away. And eventually went to jail. It was one of the reasons why he ended up in jail. Mm. I think Tupac, this is my firm belief. I don't think Tupac belonged, belonged in that movie. I think Tyron Turner was the perfect Kane. Mm. I think Lorenz Tate was the perfect old dog. I'm a big Lorenz Tate fan, man. I think he's a he's a I, phenomenal actor, bro. Great actor before Power and all that. I just think yeah, Power just sums up all the roles that I felt like he was really good at because I think he could really be a governor outside yeah. of outside of acting. The way he just he just looks like it, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. He's a him and his brother are real life cops, right, or something like that, or him and his or the cop no. that's Power is his real life brother. The cop, yeah, the three brothers. He has three brothers. They're all three brothers from Chicago, by the way. I just like <laughs> to represent that. They're from Chicago. But they, they all are in the game. And the brother, the uh, officer from Power, who plays his brother in Power, is his real is life his brother. real life brother. Okay. okay. Yes. yes. So, so I think they do a great job, man. Lorenz Tate, good dude. Yeah, he is very underrated, man. He makes me laugh every time. He has a conversation with Tariq. With Tariq every time. Because he's like, oh, you got something for me or am I have to get you right? Like, wait, wait. He only want to do something if he go. He's like, yeah, I help you. What you got for me, dog? You got something. Oh, man. And, and, oh, Tariq, man. and Tariq always got some info for him. He's like, hey, I know something about such and such. Slide his photo. And it's always funny how they frame the camera. When they take the info, he's like, ah, I got it. Got oh, okay. it. <laughs> My next move. <laughs> I don't know. He might have uh, been off more than he can chew with Monica from Girlfriends. Man, listen, I think, you know, she she trying to run him now. Yeah, you she's definitely trying to run him. She's definitely like, trying to run him. To win. You over here telling me not to meet with people? Come on, what is that? What is that? Yo, that is our For the Culture Friday right here, Lucky Lefty Podcast.
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Hit the like button for the Culture Friday CFB Nation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bruce Feldman and Max Olsen via The Athletic, they combined to write this article entitled Tampering Confidential in College Football is Inevitable and Impossible to Stop. They start off the story talking about, this is just a couple of weeks ago in the spring practice, a group of five head coaches was fighting off multiple covert efforts to swap some of his best players. This coach had buddies on SEC coaching staffs that called him and warned him that they were walking into recruiting departments and noticing his players on highlight videos. Now, left. do they deserve to be put on a petty train? This is interesting. Let's say who deserves. Let me tell you, your boy. Let's say you are the assistant coach at Alabama. Okay. Let's say CJ is the head coach at Memphis. Okay. You walk into a recruiting meeting and you see a bunch of Memphis players on the table being discussed in the recruiting room. Would you call CJ and say, hey, I'm just giving you a heads up, bro. They coming after X, Y, Z. Or would you kind of just count it as, yo, this, this is the nature of the business? I would want to know because I would want to be like, okay, what's the value you seeing and I'm not? You know, maybe I need to be playing them more. But if I'm not playing them to begin with, or are we talking about they looking no, at? No, 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 no. They're looking at you're an assistant coach at Alabama. You just finished spring practice. 
you walk in the recruiting room and Memphis players are being talked about and CJ is the head coach of Memphis, do you warn him that your staff is trying to come after his players? Or do you just not say anything and just say, man? Are they, see, the thing is, are they starters or are they my depth? Because if they're my depth, I'm going to just, I would want to know the name. So I'm like, what are they saying? Maybe I need to be including them more or whatever. Or if they're, they're not the starters and they're the depth, maybe I'm like, good for them. Because at the end of the day, Think about Marcus Freeman's situation. It was at one point it was over scholarship. So at some point, I might have to have a tough conversation with one of these kids and be like, look, you know, like he's having having tough conversations. Oh, I gotta we we gonna move this direction. I don't think he'll be a part of it. Just like he said to Drew Pond. So if 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 I'm the Alabama assistant coach and I see Drew Pine on my board from Memphis, and I and I call over the to CJ, be like, look, we looking at your boy Drew Pine on our recruiting table. I'll be like, thank you. Hell, let me tell him. You know, no, you wouldn't. Come on, bro. I now, just told Drew Pine. I just told Drew Pine that I'm about to move on from him. But that's that's now you do. That's not the situation. That's not oh, the situation. That's what I said. We're, we we're talking. talking about we're talking about. Yes, you're not going to get the scrubs from a group of five teams. We did. We did. We got Jack Cohn. He was a scrub at Wisconsin. We made him good. He so that's why I said, what's the difference? Are we he talking about starting 11 or are we talking about depth? Because Dude. if I'm talking about depth, then I'm Marcus Freeman. I get a call that, oh, teams got Drew Pond on their board. Good. Okay, let me tell Drew. I just told him we about to get rid of him. I'm not getting Look, rid of him. I told him about to out-recruit him. That's the, we'll get to Notre Dame doing a terrible job with Jack Cohn and Kane Mack. Like, <laughs> If you're going to go get somebody from Marshall, if you're going to go to Marshall, all that talent Marshall had when they walked up in here last year, the, the one you identified on their team was Kane Mack. Exactly. But if I'm Marshall, I'm like, oh, my God, you want Kane? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. you just lucky we can't trade. you just lucky we can't trade because I would be like, let me get – you want Kane? Let me get uh, Tobias. Let me get uh, Blake oh. Fisher. Let me get some trades going. You so know. basically you're saying that the dude – they know that they got no pushback from dudes. They told Kane, man, here, you, here, here's your letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they said, you just want to let him go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's just, it's a steal. You know, we, you know, take him. Oh, man. We trying to open our recruitment back up at Marshall. We need a little space freed up. Go ahead, take us to Kane. <laughs> so I would venture to say. Oh, go ahead. I would venture to say the tampering. And Malik and I usually differ on this stuff because Malik is like all about the wild, wild west of NIL recruiting, open it up, let everybody have the opportunities that they can get. I don't believe it's tampering because if it if it is, then we have to talk about coaches that tamper. If oh, I'm if I'm at Cincinnati it's tampering either way, it's tampering either at, way. If I'm at Cincinnati and, I'm, and I got Coach Kelly got whispers, he about to dip on us before the bowl game. But he but he coming into the team meeting the next day said, Hey guys, I'm here for the long run. He's lying. 
then I need to be having some calls going out too. So now you're talking about what's good for the goose is good for the gander. That's not answering the question of whether or not it's fair. It is you're fair. Just, wait, 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 wait. You're not talking about whether or not it's fair or good for the greater good of the game. You're just talking about if everybody else, is, if he's doing it, then why can't we do it? I think it's I think it's about the evolution of what's like me. Is. Let me look. Let me like I just gave the example of my boy. I'm gonna go tell my wife as soon as the show is done. Hey, my boy believes in polyamory, and it works for him. So guess what? I submit. See that's that it, it was no 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 because he's doing it. So I should be able to do it too. No, it's different because we're talking about a league where it's only only so many teams that are in that league. So if there was if there was just a free for all like a club team, then it wouldn't then it'd be like okay, that's an individual case by case basis. But in a prof- in a league though where it's only a limited amount of teams, limited amount of players. Uh-huh. And the league is having some rules for some and not rules for all. And if it's not a rule against it, then it's not a then it's not a morally bad or or good thing it's just the the way of the game you know they say charge it to the game you got to charge that kind of stuff to the game remember when we was talking about uh our good old friend at Pitt, the head coach pat narduzzi going up there and crying in the media oh these guys are wanting kenny pickett duh yes notre dame called kenny pickett and said hey you want to play at notre dame that charging to the game stuff sounds good but it's dumb. You know what I mean? People get caught by strays because you want to just charge it to the game. Okay, but that's the game. You didn't have to play. Just like these kids so want to the transfer. People that have absolutely nothing, people that have absolutely nothing to do with the game get impacted wait, because wait, of the foolishness within the game. Wait, who are who is the ones that are in that are getting impacted? The fans of the group of five schools. Okay, now the fans, we talk about that. These are fair weather fans. Hey, dude, look, if you didn't, this is my point. If you didn't want the kid out of high school, don't wait for us to get him into our program, develop him, and make him the player that he is, and then you can just come along and just pick him off our branches. 100%. Because that's, 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 that's a little shaky, you know why? You know why it's okay? Because at the end of the day, the kid don't got to go. If he's doing everything that you're saying that he's getting from you guys, then he wouldn't have yeah. no reason to leave. Well, It's true because guess what? The coaches can have well, a really good season that year and be like, oh, man, we've developed this kid for three years, but shoot, I'm about to go get $100 million over here at this other school. Out of 10 kids, if you walk back on your block at the crib and the ice cream truck comes around, and you walk up to the ice cream truck and you say, yo, who wants some ice cream? How many kids do you think are going to run to that truck? It'll be, me, it'll, it'll be it'll be whoever here, I'm sure. Uh, you giving it for free? What, what group of five kids isn't going to hear Alabama coming around the corner and say, oh, no, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want anything. For a ton. Drew Pye. Drew Pine had Alabama was like, no, I'm good. I'll go to Notre Dame and stink it up. You talk about see, we talking, you said from a recruiting standpoint. This is tampering. Alabama. We're talking about tampering, bro. People tampering with your players 
during spring practice. Yeah. It's all, you, even thieves have a sense of honor, bro. There's no honor amongst thieves. And the thing is, is what that is if it was, if it, the thing is, though, if it was, if it was a, a system in place where they felt like it was tampering, there would be rules against it. But it's recruiting. You can't say, if you're trying to make your team better, and you know that there's no liaison between these players having agents like a professional league because what do they do in the NFL and in these professional leagues? Agents are calling other teams, <coughs> not the player, the agent. The middleman is calling other teams while the guy's on the team. That's different. It's That's not, different. It's if, this, not. if a kid decides to have someone outside of him, Looking for other opportunities, have, that's totally different. But that's you, not, but that's not a agent. system in place in college football where they can go get an agent to search for other teams. You know they who they can't, Wait a minute. The system they got is open now. They got the parents. System. They got parents talking. To, they got dads Tyler, look, to other schools. Tyler, Tyler Buckner's parents were very much involved. 100%. But I'm saying. Place. But, but his parents being involved. Is it's only because there's no system in place to where Tyler can be like, let me hit, let me hit uh the portal where they got these agents that can search for me. Kids can hire agents as soon as they become a freshman now in college football. The system NIL, is already there. For they NIL. Can, and they can do more than that. What are we talking about? These NIL programs that are these guys are signed to aren't calling other schools. For, they for, can for though availability. No, they don't. They not have. They well, not, well, you they, just said it. What rules apply that tells them they can't? Well, they're they're certain they're, they're agents that have to be certified to do specifically nil marketing and branding and shit. Okay, but, but once again, what rules apply? What rules apply that say they can't? They don't. They call, that's not in okay. That's not. That's not what they're calling. They're not calling the kid to be like, hey, I can find you another school. But my point is, what rules apply that tells them they can't? You just said there are no rules. There's rules when it comes to representation. Okay. I choose who represents me in whatever area. You can't tell me that this dude that's got me my NIL, he can't go get me an NIL at another school, or he can't inquire about NIL at another school. Come on, man. I'm sure that's possible, but that's not. They're going for making money. They're not going for, oh, let me be this kid's best chance of success because most of the time they sign they, these guys are signing kids that are about to cross over into X and Y and Z. Because if we think about it, it ain't that many NIL guys. I mean, ain't that many guys in college football with NIL agents? Obviously, Tyler, like for instance, no name. Tyler Buckner had one, the Amendola brothers had one, and uh Michael Mayer had one. There's 80 something kids on the team that don't got NIL agents because there's it's 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 about making NIL deals. If it was a about oh, we just trying to keep a guy in the background and look out for better opportunities, then it would be more guys on the team with agents. But guys on the teams with agents in college football currently are focused on getting money from a deal from a sponsorship. They're not now. They I'm, I'm sure that there's if they if my well, they wouldn't have a reason to. If you are looking to transfer, you probably don't have an NIL agent because you're not making no money to begin with on a level to where you're productive enough to even have an agent. Most of these guys in the transfer portal are guys with no opportunities or guys that aren't happy with the situation. These the guys that are taking advantage of like a Sam Hartman, 
he could have went to the league. So he probably got his agent telling him, why are you going back to school? <laughs> let's, let's go make this NFL money. So I do think that if there is going to be a tampering situation that you're trying to outlaw on college football, then it needs to be a system where guys can go get um, guys can go get a, a, a quote unquote agent that can go make calls for them. Because it, other than that, I don't think there's anything wrong with it because most of these kids, like we see in the transfer portal now who don't have homes, there's, there's kids going into the transfer portal every day. Hmm. All these schools have to have some type of system of management of recording it. Like when you go into go get a transfer right now, you go to the compliance office, they be like, oh, you want your release? They throw your name in a bucket and you leave school the next day. That's terrifying for a kid that has no idea and nobody got no feelers for him or nobody, you know, he just don't like his situation. So I don't think there's any rules that are, are a problem with tampering because when you got kids like that, which is a majority of the portal, because let's think what 5% are actual, like I was in that 5% of guys that had an actual plan before they transferred. Now with the rule being available, no, no, let's, let's, 95% of these let's, kids have let's no keep plan. honest. No plan, no lead. Were, were you contacted during the season? No. I was contacting. Well, this is also before it was an open thing. Open market, yeah. Now, I had, like, you, I, I met with Gus Malzahn in the Doubletree Hotel across the street from the South Bend Airport. That's At that time, that's where it was. He flew in. I went over to little. We may tell me this is what we got. This is why I want you to come. Or I'm gonna get Jerry Stidham. And I said, "Shit, I'm going to Florida." And he got Jerry Stidham. That was transfer portal before it was open. Now, you want to hit the transfer portal? It's like, well, shit. I gotta call Kenny Minchie stuff. I gotta call up to some schools. See who need a quarterback. So ninety percent of the transfer portal right now. Are guys that have no leads, they just don't like where they at. So when it comes to a, what the schools are doing, vice versa, you need departments that are looking and scouring because not everybody's playing, not everybody's happy in their situation, and this is an opportunity for at least teams to get the right guy. How you gonna get the right guy if you're not watching film, you're not going through the due diligence because getting film is nothing. So if it was if it was a serious tampering thing, there would be a bigger lock on film, like Dion did. Dion, like, look, I know you want to leave. You didn't get my film. I ain't finna have you marketing yourself off of my team. That's a way to protect themselves if you're a school. So if that's the case, don't. If I'm the assistant coach for Bama, I'm calling CJ. Be like, hey man, you better keep a lock on your film because we ain't got it, and we looking at your players now. And we searching names and all type of stuff. So if I'm you, I'm keeping the lock on my film. And if they want to leave, fine. Then we will have to do a harder job of trying to recruit guys at your school. So if anything, make the game harder. You making it easy to where it's like, yeah, you basically giving them your roster list, giving them the highlights of all their players, and they just picking and choosing. So you still didn't answer the question, bro. What type of friend are you going to CJ? No, 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 no. What type of friend are you going to be to CJ? I just told you. I'm calling him and say, hey, you need to do a better job locking your film up. 
because we're recruiting you guys over here. If I'm CJ, I'm like, go ahead. These guys that you probably film, know, yeah, you can get filmed. They don't have to call Memphis to get filmed. They no, I'm saying, Memphis, I'm saying Memphis needs to do a better job of locking their film up. You can't lock film up. You send film to saying. your opponents. But that's what I'm saying. If tampering is a problem, then the film is the issue, not the player in the research. But you that's, only do what's available. Bro, that's like the tax code. Film, it's like film is, tax a, film is a wild, wild west. The, the tax all I have to all I have to do is contact the dude that's on the staff of the team you sent it to that you played. But that's what I'm saying. That's the dude that we have to live. If Timber is an issue, if I'm Pat Narduzzi and I'm worried about all these people trying to take my players, I'm looking in-house first. Like the Draymond Green situation. Now you know. TMZ ain't getting that film of Draymond Green knocking out Jordan Poole. If it wasn't from somebody on the inside, right, right, okay, right. okay, that speaks to the Warriors. Let that happen, right? Nine times out of ten, if that was an NBA story, like Michael Jordan's punching Steve Kerr, that's not getting out till fifty years later. No, that actually got out like. I mean, I'm week, sorry, I'm sorry. Weeks later, the video in Chicago, of it, the the video video of it yeah, ain't yeah, coming yeah. out till years later. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel okay, you. so that's the same thing. If you wanted a player so bad, you're not allowing that exposure to get out. Just like just like quarterbacking. If I had my choice, I would have never let Deshaun and Brandon get reps at practice. Never. Because the moment you open the door, oh, that was a good throw. Oh, that was a good play. Oh, if something happened, we, we'd be all right. You know, it's that's what Peyton Manning did to uh Jack Trudeau, his backup. That's why you never re- don't remember too many Peyton Manning backups. He ain't let none of them ever get reps. So if you don't want nobody to poach your players, don't open the door and allow it. What Peyton Manning replaced? Who did he replace in Tennessee? His freshman year was it Helton? Don't nobody know. Think about how think about how Matt Castle got so lucky that Peyton that Tom Brady went down that it jump started his 14-year career in the NFL. But if it wasn't for, for Tom Brady getting hurt first game of the season, it would be no Matt Castle. It wouldn't be no Matt Castle. Matt Castle would have been three years done yes. and went to insurance. That's crazy. It was help. Todd Help. The major league baseball player. Was a quarterback. I do. I remember that. That's crazy. He got yeah, hurt. He look it up to look up Peyton Manning's backup. You had to look. It I up. I knew it because I remember. I remember watching the game. But it's faint. It's faint memory. Like didn't I? It's like a, a what they what they call that thing. The, um, where they like they could have swore that Sinbad movie came out and it never came out. The Mandela effect. It's like I could have swore I remember Peyton Manning's backup, or did he even have one, or was that just an alternate reality? Yeah. Left more than one. More than 1,100 scholarship players from Group of Five schools have entered the portal since August. Now, let's just make objective sense about it, though. Let's make objective sense. All them Wait, think about this. Almost 600 of them have made commitments so far. 199 are transferring to Power 5 schools. 
64 of those 199 earned all-conference honors. So out of 1,100 that entered the portal, 64 half of those, pretty much 55% of those made commitments. And only 10% of those went to the next level and actually made an impact to become all-conference. So you talk about still for these teams, you're looking for a needle in the haystack, looking at a group of five players. I need a recruiting department for it. I need a recruit. I need people looking at practice film of other teams second week in spring. I need a recruiting department that's good at it. Notre Dame. Why I know, GM? And I know, tra- I know the transfer portal is a little bit different for Notre Dame academically than it is for everybody else. That's why we need a bigger department to do, do extra due diligence. <laughs> Man. Hey, we need a department that one side of the office works on the academic if they can get in, and the other side is identifying talent. See, I would already be the GM running the office right now. I'm like, look, we're just going to have to build a system to get over these obstacles. Let's find a bunch of really dedicated number crunchers, probably visit you know, the, the, uh, the Big Five in Chicago, give me a bunch of smart dudes, bring them up to school, calculate the formula on what type of player in the grades that we need at the minimum. Calculate that up. Give me an equation smart Deloitte people, then I'll take that formula and apply it to recruiting so we can take the minimum and the maximum. Then I have the other side of the office work on talent. So give me the most talented, acceptable players, and we put the two together, and I get a master list. And then I do the final recruitment of the compiled players that are talented enough to get in but then they got to get that final wash review by the young superstar GM over here. And I'm like, Marcus Freeman, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me six months. I have your roster tip top, top to bottom, looking right. <coughs> like, man, I haven't heard of this guy. Oh, I haven't seen this guy, but this guy got some freaky talent. You have a whole, whole squad full of Brandon Hillman's. But it's got to be. That because at the end of the day, you still gonna have Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson teaming up against you to take your recruits. You got that operating against you. You got the NIL operating against you. You need a, a big department that is specialized in recruiting. If we're not gonna join a conference, if we're gonna do everything backwards and different and good steward like, then why not buff up the the, the infrastructure? Less, it's all about being human. Going back to counting down five, four, three to one, three, two, one in the background backyard as a kid, dreaming of winning a championship. My proposal to everyone is to understand 
what it used to be is no more. But that would against the players, though. But the journey used to be to encourage young men, if you can't get into Florida State, if you can't get into Notre Dame, if you can't get into Alabama, you can still make it to the NFL. They'll find you. That still reigns true. But now kids, when they go to these group of fives, now they go into the group of five saying, I'm trying to get to a power five from here. Okay. Now so now things have changed because as a group of five, when you got a player, it used to be, man, we're gonna develop this dude and try to get him to the league. Because you knew you had him. You knew you had him. Now, group of five, that's why group of five teams ended up getting better when scholarship restrictions came along because they started to get more players and better players on their roster. Now, they've established these programs with they've de- where they've developed these two stars and these three stars, and now, just when they think they have a good team coming out of spring, because players are looking at it differently now, players are saying, yo, coach, I'm thinking about going into the portal. Wait a minute. We love see, you. See, we wait. recruited you. We brought you here. We poured into you. We helped you develop when nobody else really wanted you, and now you want to go to the schools that told you you weren't good enough? After we put in the work, I'm just looking at it from the other side because I know I wouldn't feel too happy about it, right? Because that school told you. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. That is being genuine. That's That's a genuine feeling. That's a genuine feeling. You know what a genuine feeling is as a father, dude? then I'm only going to be number one in my daughter's life for a short term of her life. That's fair. I got, I got maybe 25 to 30 years, bro. That's not a good feeling. You know what I'm saying? Her mother is always going to be the number one woman. Always. 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 <laughs> I am on borrowed time, bro. Yeah. That's not a good feeling. That's, that's not to say I'm not going to act a fool once she gets engaged. Some do. Some do. <laughs> Some do, right? But I'm not going to act the fool. But that's going to be tough. All I'm saying is this is a tough situation where my heart goes out to group of five coaches because things have evolved and there's really no protection for them. No, no. See, see. It goes back to accountability. It makes coaches have to really coach again because at the end of the day, yeah, you're there for selfish reasons in the win games. But at the same time, the the accessibility you have to be so uh, fluid and moving between different schools and different opportunities and the fact that you have to keep your recruiting up because the truth is you have to out-recruit your last class as a premise, as a, as a premise. Your job is to recruit better than the last class. So disingenuously, you're upset at the player that wants to leave. You can't, you can't when say you're bringing in somebody better. You can't Come say it's, you can't say it's disingenuous for the group of five dudes that have to work harder with less resources 
and no. less money. It's not less transfer portal. You have to be a great coach, like for instance, if you are Lincoln Riley. So wait a minute. So basically, now the group coach. of five, the group of five has to do unto the levels that are below them what is being done to them by the power five. So basically, they have to be jerks. They have to turn into jerks. That's basically what you're saying. Okay, if you're a uh, San Diego State, right, and the kids you got, obviously, knowing what we know about the NFL, they're going to find you wherever. Right. That's the great equalizer. Because if you're a great coach, you're going to retain those kids because what you're teaching them to get to the next level, to be seen by guys who are going to find you. NFL spends 24 hours, 365. I'll say this. I will say this. Great example. Alabama absolutely tampered with Jameer Gibbs while he was at Georgia Tech. And that's fair because no Georgia Tech wasn't doing any service. No, 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 no. Jameer Gibbs was a first-round pick because he was at Bama rather than Georgia Tech. That's a great business move by Jameer Gibbs. Yes. Great business. On an individual level, absolutely. I have no problem with that. But Jameer Gibbs had to get better, too. But but that's power five to power five. Okay. That's power power five to power five. My point is, this is my point. At some point, if if Alabama wants to steal somebody off Notre Dame's roster, they did. If they want to steal somebody off of Kansas State's roster, that's power five to power five. When you start going to the point where you take, dude, the success rate from the numbers we just read, the success rate is like almost less than 10%. And that's on the kids. Like, so for we, Rhode Island tackle. If I'm the Rhode Island tackles coach, and he's got every power five offer. I'm like, man, you know what? I did a great job because your ass definitely wasn't that before you got here. So if you want to go to Alabama, fine, because you want to go to the league. But you can also go to the league staying here. It's just a, it's Sam Hartman choice. Fact. Sam Hartman went to the league. He saw the value of being at a place where he got a chance to be at. Not everybody gets a power five chance. Some people selfishly want to play in power five and stay in power five and make it from power five. Yeah. But the road that's hard to make it is where you make it from wherever you at. That's that's a harder process to think about for some guys who may be feeling like they're more talented than them circumstances. But what is it about for you? Is it about making it to the league or is it about being seen and being at the, the highest of the high right now? And see, that's where Notre Dame stands in the midst of this because they don't do a good job in the transfer portal, in my opinion. I've yet to. I mean, Brandon Joseph was a. I mean, but that's anybody, Madden was anybody would have been for Brandon Joseph specifically. I think he had a lot of options out of Northwestern, but rightfully so. You can only give what you put on tape. It didn't work out when he tried to take that next level of competition. But that's why Notre Dame. It's like, man, if we're gonna crash out, crash out with the number one guy. Because it's hard to live with crashing out with a good dude that was supposed to elevate us and didn't. Well, they had a kid that was an Indiana kid that grew up as a Notre Dame fan that chose Florida State. That, that was coming that was coming from the Mac. He was a defensive tackle, Braden Fisk. Grew up a Notre Dame fan, 300 pounds. He said, I'm going to Florida State. Once again, look, 
<laughs> this that can't happen. That can't happen, no. That right there can't happen. What Probably made him come. say, what made him say, oh, yeah, I think no. I want to go to Florida State? Well, see, that's a dealer's choice right there, man. So you want to talk about where Notre Dame stands in the midst of this wild, wild west from a recruiting standpoint because they refuse to compete. It hurts them recruiting. You lose Keon Keedy. Why? Because Alabama said, yo, we get defensive linemen to the NFL. Notre Dame had no counter for that other than we develop guys. But no, we don't have anybody that's going first round, second round like that. So this article really brought focus to where Notre Dame stands and how they might need to improve in this open market in this wild, wild west. While you're trying to be a good steward in an open market, like how do you expect to win like that? Yeah. How? You can't win an open market doing the way we're doing it. How? You have divine inspiration. It's, it's, it's incredible, man. I mean, the financial promises that are being made. <laughs> you tell a group of five kids that you're going to be a starter at a Power 5 school and get NIL? What? What, dude, what is the group of five head coach supposed to say? What? Money, man. The reason why kids, reason, but that's the reason why there's such thing as a power five and everybody else. Because of the money. Travis, was, Hunter, Travis Hunter was like, you know what? Jackson State and the whole story is cool. It's cool. I did it. I tried. But there's some dollars and some bags I can get right now and yeah. still be in the same spot with my coach at a power five. Nobody's saying that that's wrong for Colorado. Everybody's like, yeah, Colorado, you did a great job pulling mm -hmm. up these kids that wasn't power five in the power five. So it, it, it works a positive and negative depending on, you know, the circumstances. But in my opinion, I think it's all good because the players were so much pigeonholed on a lot of different fronts yeah. where coaches weren't held accountable on these kids' lives that they're impacting in that short amount of time. The coaches just were able to do whatever they want, didn't really mm -hmm. have to care, didn't have to coach, didn't have to do nothing. Yeah. They just had to recruit yeah. and win games. Now they're like, oh, shit, I got to coach and retain and care and really invest and, and be on my shit and actually know what I'm talking about if I want to keep them. If I want to, if I have to act like in all the stuff I'm saying, I'm sitting next to mama, that I can really put them in the league. I have to stand on that because if I don't, they can leave me. And that's not going to look good on my recruitment record. If I'm Chancey Stucky. I got Tobias leaving, Rico leaving, Jaden Greyhouse leaving, all these dudes leaving, Carnell Tate committing and then leaving. What's that look like on me as a recruiter? I'm not going to be coaching for much longer. And that's good. Yeah, it's got to be elite. Or you can go coach at William & Mary. You Look, know? Notre Dame's situation is a situation that all of us have been <laughs> part of, right? 
I liken it unto playing your favorite game. I'll just say NCAA football. And you create a player. Now, you can be lame and give the player all 99s if that's what you want to do. You, you okay, do. you create a quarterback, you want to give them all 99s and make him the greatest thing ever. That's kind of lame. Or you could be realistic, right? Notre Dame, Notre Dame has an opportunity to create his own player in this open market. They can be realistic. They can be realistic about their academic standards. They can be realistic about maybe not wanting to spend as frivolously, frivolously as some of the other schools. That's fine. They can be good stewards and want to save at a higher rate than other programs. That's fine as well. But at some areas, you're going to have to pump yourself up to be close to that 99. If not 99, at least 95. Right? Fake it till you make it. Because you can't really. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's B game was better than everybody's A game. Because people don't really understand. Like, if you're creating a player, say you're creating a running back, the sweet spot for a running back, especially with acceleration and elusiveness, is right around 93. See, you don't want the running back with 99 speed and 99 acceleration. You can't control them. That's why the best receivers run four sixes. You got AB, ran a full six five or something, but it's one of the best route runners, right? Frank Gore ran a four six in the combine, and he played 21 years in the league as a running back. Man. It was a great running back. Emmitt Smith wasn't that fast. Emmitt Smith ran what a four four five high four five, but one of the most elusive backs in the in the, in the in the NFL history. Just like Barry Sanders wasn't a four four speed, was he? Absolutely. Barry Sanders was psh, that brother. So look, while everyone else is doing their own creative player for their program, you have the same opportunity. Notre you almost have the same opportunity to go to Notre Dame. Because you got to fit in the standards. You got to be a top player. You got to be good off the field somehow. You know, however they draw it up for you to look like off the field. You got to be a creative player to go to Notre Dame. And sometimes (laughs) being a creative player, you still may be told, hey, listen, you're going to have to not commit. (laughs) And you might want to go. Yeah. So to be at a Notre Dame is, is, is a little more special, you know, to make. Because even guys that grew up, they fans their whole life, like Jack Cohn, mm-hmm. had to wait till his fifth year to get called by Notre Dame. Yeah. He wasn't called before that. Yeah. He had to earn his way to get called even in school. Yeah. And kept them grades up. And had to get it, you know. So, right. you know, you, you know, you know somebody's lame when they're, you know, creating a player to create the quarterback and giving the quarterback 99 and blocking. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're not enjoying the process. Like, dude, man, be realistic. And I understand that Notre Dame has to be realistic about who they are in the college football landscape. But what I don't think they've done is be realistic about 
how they're being left behind in certain spaces and how they're putting their coaching staff and their players at a disadvantage as time moves on. There's a lot of money to be made, close to $350 million, but noted that collectively via the new TV deal and the apparel deal. But as you move forward and solidify the financial side of the football program, what about the other side? What about the side that gets the best players? What about the side that attracts the best coaches? Because ultimately, that's how you win football games. We can talk about all this other stuff, but when they kick the ball off on Saturdays in the fall, I don't care what your team GPA is. I really don't. Love you, Lefty Podcast. Before we go, we said Teddy Rezac out of Westlake in Omaha, Nebraska, committed to Notre Dame about an hour ago and left. Here's the young man that, you know, he played back in, played some back in, but he's a linebacker pretty much, three-star. What do you think about his film? Three-star, he said? Three-star, Teddy Rezac, Omaha, Nebraska, Westlake High School. I mean, the, the silence is deafening. I'm sure this is what J.D. Bertram looked like in high school, you know. Uh, sure, tackler. Um, you know, just a good football player. I think uh, this is a this is a guy that can that you need on the roster. That may be nameless, but he's an impact because he's a good football player. Is anything particularly popping for me? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he's unblocked, you know, for instance. Like, that's an unblocked play. He shows he got a little bit of speed. Shed blocks. You know, he wraps up when he tackles. I think that's good to see. But, you know, this is a good football player. He's got good size. You can play him in different spots. He fits the the mode of recruiting for Marcus Freeman, where he's playing in, he's playing some receivers, playing some some running back, you know, playing some nickel, playing some linebacker. So when it comes to being a five-way player that Notre Dame likes to recruit, he fits that on top of with the size and, and you know, got some highlights and flashes. This is a guy that's going to be on the roster, and, and he'll show up in special teams. He might make some plays here and there. But is he a superstar player? I don't know. He looked no different than Aeneas Williams. I think Aeneas Williams looks better. But he fits exactly what Marcus Freeman is looking for. You got to play about three or four positions. You got to be pretty big size and speed-wise. And then show some flash. You, you a Notre Dame guy. So, although I think he's going to be the one of the 
screen poppers that we always suggest we need? No. Do I think he's better than Ben Minich, though? Yeah. But he would be a nice compliment to a Ben Morrison. Uh, he would be a nice compliment to that front seven. But these are like, this is not your engine, but this is that shiny uh, uh, car part you're adding to make it look better, to raise the value of the car. This is like putting that uh, fuzzy steer wheel, uh, steering wheel cover. You know, just put the, because, you know. With the dice hanging down from your mirror. Yeah, so this is one of those type of players. This, this is one of those type of attachments. We're just getting some dice for the car. Oh, man. You know, make it comfortable. Make, it's like adding a little little 15-inch in the back of the headrest. Because, you know, we're going to be on this road for a while, so you need something to watch. It's a nice little attachment. Make the car more comfortable. Yo, once again, Teddy Rezac commits to Notre Dame. Three-star, 2024 class. He plays safety, played linebacker, played wide receiver. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. Yeah, just putting, you know, good little player. He's a Brandon Hillman type, but I would rather have Brandon Hillman. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Well, left. I hope your boys get it done tonight. We will. We just wanted to do it at home so LeBron go home and okay. celebrate with Savannah after that uh, magazine run. That's fine, because you do know what's going to happen Monday if you show up here. See? And somebody, wait a minute. And somebody has got 3-1 the other way. If you do understand what's going to happen Monday, if we show up here Monday and that game seven does not go the way of the Lakers on Sunday, you you understand how the show is going to start off, right? I just want you to know. All I know is that at the end of the day, LeBron James – his legacy is solidified. That's fine and dandy. And we I all just want, I just we all want you to know. I just want you to know if Steph Curry comes back from a 3-1 deficit in this series to win this series, just understand how we're starting to show off on Monday. Just understand. Don't let that last game fool you. LeBron wasn't even trying. I just, first of all, I didn't say nothing about the last game. I, I didn't say anything about being fooled. What I do know is that Chicago holds everything in his hands. Because <laughs> if Anthony Davis plays like – I personally think this is Anthony Davis's moment. This is his moment to take a step up and be that dude. Mm. I think he gives you about 25, 13 boards tonight, and the Lakers win the game. That's what I would bet. I'm just forewarning you that it's going to be dangerous for you if Steph Curry comes back and wins this series. That's all I'm saying. I'm feeling like LeBron. I'm not worried. I understand that. Understand that, but it's I know at the end of the day, nobody can guard AD. Nobody can guard facts. Nobody can guard LeBron. And the Warriors gotta shoot and be successful way more than we do after the shoot. 
Because we have LeBron, LeBron is struggling guarding Wiggins just a little bit last two games, just a little bit, just a little bit. But you know, LeBron thirty eight. Wiggins like, just a, he's a real active dude, real active, active dude. dude. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, dude yeah. that want to jump for every damn rebound. It's like all right, bro, you just. You know, you boxing out every time. You running the court all the time. It's like, oh, that's the dude that's real extra in the pickup game. Like, bro. Like, okay, man. Like, play, play. you know, get, get with the speed. You trying to right. speed of the game. Like, get with the speed of the game. You know there's a pace of this thing. You over here extra. Because these, these dudes these days, man, just want to just, you know, the type, you know, you he just want to out-hustle you on points. You know, he just running down, cherry-picking. You know, he's running the half-court offense. You get gimmick baskets, Andrew Wisdom, Wiggins. Gimmick baskets. Ugh. Oh man. That's like that's like Giannis, a bagless player. He does have no, he has no bag in his in his duffel. He just dribbles and dunks, like James Harden said. That's why Giannis talking about he feels disrespected. He's coming. He's still not gonna be able to shoot next year. I don't know what's what is he coming with? All he does is run down, bully dudes, and dunk. Hey, you do what you do, so that makes you successful. I have no problem with the way Giannis plays basketball. He has no bag. Don't need one, obviously, to win a championship. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Not to win a championship because he did it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Petticoat. Petticoat. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Adora Whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com, and Premium American Whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com. Hey, man, some of you NFL teams make way too much money to put out the subpar schedule releases that you put out. Now, kudos to the Tennessee Titans. They were creative. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys. Shout out to what the Jets have done. Sauce Gardner on the front of Sports Illustrated with the barbecue sauce on his fingers. A lot of teams are doing it right. But you NFL teams that have millions and billions in the coffers, and you can't even invest in how to release your schedule correctly, Minnesota Vikings? (laughs) Come on, man. What are we doing? Now, left retweeted the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I didn't. Hear, I didn't even have to say anything because I knew we would come correct. I knew yeah, we no, would. I, I came correct. It was good. I knew we would. <laughs> the whole schedule was cooked to order. Yeah, it definitely whole was schedule, whole schedule cooked to order. You see, yeah, as I say, you see how they they play on it right there. They cooked it right now. Cooked it they, right. They had the right games. Had all the chefs. Had all the. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. They definitely cooked it right now. now let's, 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 let's not mess this one up, Justin Fields. Just a little bit more accurate. But then I want to put NFL fans on the petty train. 
Why is NFL schedule release so hype? Yeah, why is it a hype thing? It's not like, like Selection Sunday. This is not like, Selection Sunday. Right. I'm like, why is this? Why is this being hyped up this much, man? Okay, that's the schedule. Because the schedule's coming, the schedule don't play for another four months. What are we? So, I mean, what? That's the schedule. The Packers don't have a well, they have a quarterback, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers. The Lions are going to Lion. That's what they do. The Vikings had a good year last year, so they're going to stink this year. Mm. I mean, it's history. And the Bears are on their way. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. The Bears are going to win seven games next year. Yes. They might win eight. Seven games. And the Bears are going to end up with two top-tier picks next year, which is going to be beautiful because the Panthers are going to stink. My prayer is that Bryce Young stays healthy, regardless of them stinking them. They're going to be all right. They got some guys. Uh, still win four or five games. <laughs> They'll keep us yeah, in. Bryce is on par with Peyton Manning in the minute. See, Bryce, Bryce Young's job is to keep the Bears in Marvin Harrison Jr. range. That's it. <laughs> Just keep the Bears in Marvin Harrison Jr. range. That's all. That's your job. All season. That's your job. All season. Keep the Bears in Marvin Harrison Jr. range. That's it. That's all we ask of you. We don't need the number one pick. We don't need number one. We don't need number two. But you got to at least keep us around three, four. No, we can't go top five because I the quarterbacks are going one, two. Yes, yes. Quarterbacks going one, two. Somebody's going to be terrible. And maybe Michael Pinnock sneaks up there. Maybe. He got to have a Heisman season for that. Man, get that brother that shot. I mean, the dude did lead the nation in yardage and touchdowns. So, and he didn't get him no credit because he weighed in the boondocks of Washington. All I'm saying is, just keep us in range, Bryce Young. That's, That's all. Right. Just keep us in range, bro. We'll do the rest. We'll do the rest. Just keep us in range. Your Jaguars, I'm interested in seeing what they do to begin the season. I want to see if they can be consistent. We're a postseason team. Come on. Hey. We're winning the division easily. Come on, C.J. Stroud, uh, whoever's in, Anthony Richardson, come on. And then you got. Oh, so now you disrespect disrespect Anthony Richardson now? We have Trevor Lawrence. But why, why do you have to disrespect him to say Trevor Lawrence is that dude? Trevor Lawrence is beating all of the competition in in his division. It's the weakest one. We got C.J. Stroud the first year, Anthony Richards in the first year, and then Tannehill maybe, Malik Willis maybe, Will Levis maybe. Come on, I'm, I want that. Oh, that Tennessee quarterback oh. room is boo-boo. <laughs> like, come on. We're, Ooh. Ooh. we're straight. We're straight over there. And they don't they might not even keep three quarterbacks in Tennessee. They should keep all three because all three of them ain't doing better than Trevor. So we're winning that division easy. Jaguars up. We're looking for first round by. That's what we're looking for. Ooh. 
That Tennessee Titans quarterback room is awful. The, the names you just said. Oh, my goodness. So we're good over here in Jacksonville. Ooh. Ooh. Teddy Hill, Levis, and Malik. Ooh. Man, Mike Vrabel might want to go ahead and just, man, just resign, bro. Just resign. Don't go through that tough season like that. Don't do that. You know who else might need to ask for a trade? Derrick Henry. Well, he got to stay healthy. He ain't been healthy all season. Hey, Derrick Henry is like, look, man, y'all not about to put me back here with these quarterbacks? There's already eight in the box. Yeah, eight, nine man boxes? No. We add, they added a guy to the box when we drafted Will Levis. They added one. They said, you know what? You're stiffing that run defense up. They just added Will Levis. Yo, we talked about where Notre Dame stands. Great show. Have a great weekend. But most of all, make sure that you spit it different.